gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. So, I get an email uh, when the, the electric bill comes through, right? <clears throat> and so I got the email about the electric bill today. Hey, man, any of y'all been hit with, like, some for real deal exorbitant electric bills in this time of being home all the time? And, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, like, really even so much feel like um, I'm using, like, all this electricity. I really don't. You know, I run a little bit more AC than I used to. But even then, my homeboy said this about the air conditioner. He made a great point. He said his daddy used to say, I work too hard to be hot in my own house. Like, once this money came in, and, hell, be honest with you, before this money came in, I had made the decision that this house was going to be cool whether I was in it or not. I was not really interested in walking in and trying to adjust things. You know what I'm saying? Hell no. Nah. Like, especially now when I used to come. Yeah, come on from work. You know what I'm saying? I get off the train. I'm supposed to come in here and it's 76. It's ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. So I ain't never been about that. But anyway... I do remember a couple of weeks ago, it was a little warm in here, you know, and I decided to, you know, reprogram the thermostats, turn the temperature down a degree or two, you know, because I was just going to be here. I might as well, you know, be cooler and turn it down lower at night because I noticed I wasn't sleeping so good because it was just a little too warm in there, you know. Hey, man. I am a single man. I live alone. I want to get this down to the penny for y'all because I about lost my mind. Con Ed tell me that for a month worth of electricity in order to settle up is going to be $444.80. What? I, I didn't I didn't even know that was possible. Like I don't run the AC in all the rooms when I'm sitting in here during the day. I ain't got no lights on. The TV isn't really on. Like is is it is it that am I am I pumping that much air conditioning in here? Like I oh man. I got to change all kinds of my habits to turn the air conditioner down. And when I'm talking about changing my habits to turn the air conditioner down, I'm talking about the kind of habits that don't actually affect the light bill, but the people have a tendency to attribute to the light bill, you know? You know, you know that kind of stuff. Hey, yo, stop talking so loud. You know what I'm saying? You're going to run on my light bill. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, I couldn't believe that shit. It's $444. You gotta be crazy. Also, I got a question. I just want to throw this out here for anybody, you know. As I've been, you know, talking with y'all through the course of the quarantine and stuff, you may have noticed that I've grown some hair here, right? Did some television with Elle Duncan the other day, and she referred to me by a term I had never heard before, which was she called me a bald man trader. And I'm just wondering out here, do y'all really think I'm a trader? Like, y'all see what's going on with this headline right here? Like, you, you, you see, I could not, like, make no Caesar out of this. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember y'all clowning me before I made the decision to come on to the crib. It just so happened the quarantine allowed me to do some things a little bit differently. And then, you know, grew some hair, just kind of kicking it, seeing how it's going to play. You know what I'm saying? Probably won't still be here by next summer. But the problem is, if I come home, I can't leave home because in the absence of a quarantine, I'm not, probably not going to be able to do like three months of wearing hats on television and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But I got accused of being a traitor. And I just, I don't. You know what y'all sound like to me? Y'all sound to me like the people, like when I used to be like going places, raising what I think are somewhat fair questions about whether or not Stevie Wonder can see based on some of the activities that he engages in. And people would be mad at me about that. And my question would always be, why do you want Stevie to be blind? Why don't you wish Stevie sight? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if y'all love Stevie Wonder nearly as much as y'all claim to, y'all would hope that this actually was an elaborate ruse and that he could actually see because then he'd have more joy in his life. Your selfish ass so worried, you was lying to me. Ain't anybody ever lied to you before. You understand what I'm saying? So anyway, um, yeah, why y'all want Stevie to be blind? By the same token, like, why y'all don't want me to be able to grow no hair? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you, why would you wish ill upon me? It's very confusing to me. I just, I just, I mean, like, I, it's just hard for me to believe that that many of y'all are just punk ass busters. Like in the way that I envision the world, like the way that I imagine it, the way that I see things, I just personally refuse to believe, like I have a certain faith in mankind and a faith in humanity that doesn't allow y'all to just all be busters. But who knows? Maybe this is like the super buster zone. Maybe that's what y'all aspire to be. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to say something that might make you think I sound like a buster, but I just kind of want to just throw it out here because I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm adjusting to new things. As I've told some of you guys, I've been, you know, engaging in a bit of a fitness regimen. You know what I'm saying? I've been getting my yoga on. I'm, 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 I'm getting some places, you know? Like, I mean, I ain't going to never be, like, so much of a deviation from what I am set to be. You know, like, ain't but so far that I'm ever going to be actually go. Like, I ain't about to be out here, like, actually getting swole or nothing like that. You're going to be like, oh, wow, he put on 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason. Like, I ain't never going to be that guy. I'm not working toward that. But, you know, just trying to get in shape and, like, doing some things that I really never had done before because I've always had bad knees. So I'd always been, like, careful about, like, the leg workouts and stuff. But, you know, my form is good. I haven't had any knee problems. So I've been, you know, working on a lot of stuff. And see, I've been working out off the apps. And so the thing about the apps is, with, uh, with, the, with the app that I use at least, the thing about the workouts is that I'm noticing is that I feel like it is very much so, like the exercises and the exercise programs are, I feel like, they're, I feel like they know that their like, primary users are women. And they ain't got it really in a situation they can click man or women, woman, but I feel like they know that. And the reason I say that is there's such a great emphasis on all the different like glute workouts. Now, I'm always down to do the glute workouts and I do a lot of them, but like, as uh, my man Foxworth always says, he's like, yo, the calf is not a functional muscle. It's not an athletic muscle. He's like the, the glute, like that's the, you know, that's where you get your power, all of that, you know? So if you like work out the glutes by and large, you're gonna get to, you know, all the other stuff, do your squats and everything like that, you know? So I find myself doing a lot of glute stuff and do like some hip workouts because my hip situation ain't that strong. Like I identify that as a weakness in my game. 
So I'll be working on it, you know. Yeah, you know, I ain't been experiencing a lot of changes, but you know, a couple of changes, you know. Like making that slow creep from like team no booty to team itty bitty booty. You know, I'm making that making that stride, I'm making that move. And I just wanna ask, you know, I don't know if anybody else has like gone through such a journey or anything else, but you ever just find yourself like grabbing your own booty every now and then? You know? Just seeing how it feels now. It's a little different. It's a little different. I don't know. I'm just, you know, coming to, you know, getting in touch uh, with, 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 how you put it, with, with my own shape. You know? Learning to love my body. Growing into myself. You know, these sorts of things. Starting to happen. The other day, I was like, yo, I think my thighs might have rubbed together while I was walking. Yeah, man, you know? making this thing happen that's right dt3 i don't look back at it very much but you know every now and then just checking in just seeing you know my calves do look great though they're all well defined and shit like i'll be walking down the street and like the the, the windows be reflected and i can see like the, like like the outer calf make a move when i put the foot down hooray yoga Anyway, let us move on to your questions. Nah, I don't want to answer this thing right there. I'm going to do another one. It's about the pumps and the bump video. I got to be honest with you. Hammer, follow me on Twitter. Hammer, probably show up, be mad if we start talking about that. He see me talking. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. That just didn't go the way he thought it would. Hold on. I'm still going through these questions. Wow, it's a lot of questions, and I don't want to answer any of them. Wow, I'm trying to find one, guys. Wow, like these aren't bad questions. I just don't like any of them. Okay. T.I. said he has five classic albums. I see one classic album at least, and that's trap music. How many classic albums would you say he has? If you were to ask me at this point in my life, the list may have been broader at a different point, but for me at this point, I would say that T.I. has, I'd probably say three you might be able to stretch it to four. Trap music is absolutely a classic. There's a time where I would have said I'm serious is a classic, and I don't feel that way about it now, although it does have what's probably my favorite T.I. song, Dope Boys in the Trap. Um, I understand if you think Urban Legend is a classic. I do not. I think it's really good, though. But there's something about it, like the highs on that one don't quite get to the height that I think I want them to be at this point in my life. Um, King. I am inclined to say that uh, King is a classic. I like King a lot. I go there. So that gets us to about three, I guess. Um, you know, you can do two or three off of that. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about Paper Trail. 
paper trail is like definitely a bit uh I don't even know if I want to say that Paper Trail is commercial as much as it has some like pretty significant commercial moments, which is not quite the same thing. But Paper Trail got jams. And Paper Trail comes with the classic uh, What Up Was Adding video that, you know, rest in peace to Shoddy Love, but we can still enjoy that video, right? And I just want to make sure that I didn't have to like give that back in the name of mourning because that was the height, the height of disrespect the height now i ain't really paying no attention to a t to no ti records after that one so you guys let me know has there been some classic in like the last 12 years that i'm un unaware of because i feel like there probably isn't like i feel like he did all that because is paper trail did he do that one? that's the one he did right before he went in right because like i feel like the going in is an inflection point on T.I.'s uh, rapping career. All right. Appreciate the question. Oh, I didn't want to answer this. Oh, actually, I do want to answer this. I did this. No, appreciate the question. Somebody asked, uh, how many Phoebe Bridgers songs did you get through before you decided that was way too depressing for you, no matter how much she, how much she just clapped in? Three. Three. I went to one of her records because people told me they were really good. After she, I found out she had a lyric that was dissonant, Clapton. I went, I got to three songs, and I was like, "This is exactly the sort of music I don't listen to." Because <laughs> what do I not do, ladies and gentlemen? That's right, recreational sadness. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. Do you see a perpetual conversation or complaint surrounding presidential candidates every four years? Or do you foresee the emergence of a political party that reflects what the interests say they are looking, internet say they are looking for? I mean, no, that party's not going to emerge. I've said this many times that, I mean, or maybe it will, it's just going to take a while. Like, the mechanics of a presidential system are not conducive to like this multi-party world that you guys imagine. Well, not you guys. That, 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 I don't like the way that sounded. Um, but so, for example, I think that people can look up and see in other countries and that they have more than two parties in their systems to say, why can't they be us? That can work in a parliamentary system. It doesn't really work in a presidential one. Like it's always going to be two. Now, I don't know what exactly like these two parties that we have right now are going to morph or evolve into, but the structure of the game is really not conducive to this idea that all of a sudden this other party is going to emerge because I don't know when exactly they're supposed to get the votes. Like the stakes are too high in every election for people to just be out here throwing votes over to third parties, not if they want their votes to actually be effective. Like that's what it comes down to. Like, there's no way that you're going to be able to account for the lag between, like, the institution of this party and when this party would actually be viable. What we have seen over the course of the last, I guess, century and change or something like that is that we've seen the two parties that we have morph and change around the political environment, but not really the emergence of another one. So, I mean, you can think about what the Democratic Party was in 1948 is much different than what it was in 1988. You know, or hell, by the time you got to 68, it was pretty damn different. But it's still within the context of what those two parties, like within the context of those two parties. So for me, that's what it's going to wind up being. Now, how people are able to get the things that they want into different platforms of the different parties, 
that becomes, you know, that right there becomes its own thing. I think the question that people are going to have to ask is, if one party exclusively seems to serve the interest of one race, and that race is no longer the majority in the country, then how steady is the coalition going to be on the other side? And what does that then morph into? And what are the power grabs like on that other side? Like that's where this stuff starts to get interesting is figuring out how that's going to go. But I think it's always going to be within the context of the two parties that we have right now. All right. Appreciate the question. I want to close this out, but the damn thing disappeared. Somebody in this room with a question here asking me this on August 19th. He said, Joe Biden said if black people don't vote for him, vote for him, you ain't black. We as black people supposed to ignore that or nah? What do you mean we? That's Daryl. Like one thing that is fascinating about all the white people that pretend to be black people on the internet, y'all think we can't tell? Like, if you're trying to fool white people, I guess maybe that works. But like, y'all don't, y'all don't think that we can't tell when when it's not a black person. Like, it can be hard to explain at times, but like, we know. We know. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Oh, man, it's not a great week for you guys. Do you have any good pyramid scheme stories? Well, yes. I believe I've told this pyramid scheme story before. It does not directly involve me, but it's still a pyramid scheme story, and who doesn't love a good story about a pyramid scheme? In fact, I may have to, well, I'm not going to be doing a podcast next week, but I might have to turn over, um, the right time listeners to talk about these pyramid schemes. So, um, my homeboy said this dude was trying to get him on a pyramid scheme. And he said the thing that bothered him about the pyramid scheme was not so much that it was a pyramid scheme. In fact, I have two stories about pyramid schemes now that I mentioned this. All right. So it wasn't so much that it was a pyramid scheme, What bothered him is that the dude would not admit that it was a pyramid scheme. And so the way it worked was there was this juice, right? It was like some grape juice or something like that. And it was supposed to have all these wonderful health benefits, right? Like the juice was supposed to be legit. And so my homeboy was like, cool, let me try the juice. And he's like, nah, that's not how it works. He's like, what you mean? He said... We not actually selling the juice. He's like, all right, so what are we selling? What you do is you pay somebody and they give you the right to sell the juice. And what you sell to the next person is a certificate that gives them the right to sell the juice. But you notice 
nobody's actually selling any juice. All they're selling is your ability to sell the juice. Which means all you're doing is getting somebody to pay you money and then you roll that money back up to the top and that is a pyramid scheme. And my man said his partner just would not admit to him that it was a pyramid scheme. Now, I know I have told this story before, but I'll tell it again because it is one of my favorites. So one day, it was not just one day, it was one year on Thanksgiving, I went to my homeboy's house. I mean, not his house, excuse me, it was his granny's house. She had us over for Thanksgiving. And I always really appreciated that they allowed me to come through for Thanksgiving because I didn't really have no place to go, right? And so I'm at Granny's house watching, uh, you know, just hanging out with everybody. And Granny said she had something that she wanted us to watch. And the whole family was trying to figure out how to get out of watching this video that Granny wanted us to watch. But, like, she's not my Granny. I'm at her home, right? Like, if she says that we gonna watch this video, then we gonna watch this video. And so, going into it, everybody was afraid that it was some kind of scam. You know, she's older, you know, people prey on the elderly, like I think she may have got gotten some way before, right? But they were very concerned that it was some kind of con. But she, once again, this ain't my granny. So I don't have any of this background information. I'm like, fine, granny wants us to watch a video. We're going to sit. We're going to watch the video. And then when the video's over, that's that. You know? So I'm watching the video. And it's a con. There's no question it's a con. But you got to understand. My man wasn't trying to pretend like it wasn't a con. And so he starts off by describing how everything that he was going to teach was something that he had learned basically getting money from people at churches. Like, I can't remember the exact phrasing of it, but it was basically, I'm going to tell you everything that I learned, and I learned it through organized religion. Like, he laid out the game for you, that he learned how to do this through churches. And what he said, and this is what I'll never forget, because I really thought it was a fascinating play. And what he said was, I have always used this information to get money from people. Now, I'm going to share this information with you so that we all can get money. Right. And so I had never thought about this with the pyramid scheme, that people are approaching you on a pyramid scheme on one of two levels. They either see you as being a fellow hustler or they see you as being a mark. And this guy was trying to sell his con to other con artists. Which, for what it's worth, resonated with Granny. Anyway, so as it starts playing, and before he gets all the way to the explanation, 
at some point, Granny's daughter was like, we ain't gonna watch this no more. You know, like, like this is going on for, you know, no, no, I just don't think we need to watch this. And I just remember, and Granny was like, why not? And she said, well, I, I, I suspect that it's a con. And Granny looked at her and said, you gonna suspect or inspect? I mean, I, I feel like right then and there, that meant we was just watching the video. I didn't have no answer for Granny on that. You gonna suspect or inspect? And so we inspected. And then eventually everybody got up. And then after everybody got up, they got up and left. But Granny didn't get up and leave. So they all got up and left. And I'm still sitting there with Granny. Because again, she's not my Granny. I kind of got to do what she say. She took me in for Thanksgiving. You going to inspect or suspect? Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Wow, this is a lot of questions. All right, here we go. Worst fashion trends you ever participated in. All right, so for a little background for you guys, I am 39 years old. Almost 40, but I'm 39 years old. And so I graduated from high school in 1997. I graduated from college in 2001. And I bring all those things up to say that when you ask what's the worst fashion trend I ever participated in, the answer is probably... Everything that was in fashion from between 1998 or 9 and like 2004 or 5. Like everything we did look ridiculous. There's nothing that I can look back on fashion wise from the late 90s and like early 2000s and like give a plausible explanation as to what the fuck we was doing. Like none of it. I have no idea. None whatsoever. Like, and especially in retrospect with like the super oversized clothes, how do we ever know like what the actual right fit was? I feel like I was damn near 30 years old before I realized what any of my sizes actually were. I just had no clue. I had no idea. You know? And that's what we were. Like, top to bottom. All of us. That's what we were. We look ridiculous. Like, I look back at, like, the 70s, right? In the leisure suits, you know, like, all that stuff, man. But I see why them cats thought they was styling. Like, I fully understand why they thought they was on top. Nobody looks at us from that era and is like, oh, yeah, I feel you. I see that. I see that. Like, somebody who called himself Houston in the chat room says starchy jeans. 
Where else did they do that other than Houston and like just in the country? Anybody? Because like cats were getting the stay flow, like the industrial starch and putting them hard creases in. And because it's Houston, it ain't just enough that you got like the, cre- the, 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 the crease in your pants and the starch or whatever, or that they had it. Everybody else had to have it. It'd come up to you if you ain't got it. Better put a crease in them pants. Like, cats would be real commanding and, like, dominant about how you need to put a crease in the pants. But this was in the era where our shit didn't even fit. Like, we ain't, were y'all doing that in other places? Because I don't, I mean, I just associated that with Houston. Just super hard creases. Like, the dry cleaners had to hold, because that's the thing cats were sending, their, like, cats in high school sending their jeans off to the dry cleaner. And like my man said, Cali had creases. Man, creases is not describing what I'm talking about here. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to explain, man. Like I don't think they're still doing that. I don't think it's possible for them to do that in them tight ass pants they wear now. Dude said New York had a major. Nah, dog, you think they had a major? I know for fact. Look, I went to college with I went to college in the era with the New York Cats, and I'm here to tell you they wasn't doing what we was doing. It wasn't, not even we, because I wasn't doing that shit. But it wasn't the same. Like, I'm just telling you. Like, you're like, oh, no, we were doing that in New York. No, you were not. No, you were not. How much that industrial strength starts cost? Like, I feel like Cash didn't even have the money to be doing that. Now, my man said in New Orleans they did it. Now, see, I believe that. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Hey, Lance, start from the top and start deleting some of these questions because they're just getting in the way. Has celebrity ever pressed you about something you said about them? No, that has not happened. I have been quasi-pressed by celebrities about things I've said about their friends. Never directly somebody for something that I said about them. Yeah, but that's happened. All right, let me see what else we got here. On your other show, you mentioned that you have no interest in watching the conventions. Why is that? What's there to watch? Like, what's there for me to be interested in watching? Look, I'm not looking to be swayed. Um,. I'm not looking for a pep talk because the conventions are in large part pep rallies. I'm not looking for that. I'm not really trying to meet new people. And it's the playoffs. Like, it wasn't the playoffs when they've had these conventions before. Now they're doing it during the playoffs. So you're going to tell me that I could be watching the convention or I could be watching the playoffs. I'm going to watch the playoffs. Like, I think as we're recording this right now, who they got talking? Isn't, isn't Obama supposed to talk tonight? Like, Hillary Clinton supposed to talk tonight? Kamala Harris, aren't they all supposed to talk tonight? I mean, that's three heavy hitters, man. I don't give a damn. I ain't watching none of it. I might watch some videos of it tomorrow. Like, I don't need to watch this live. Ain't they doing this by, like, Zoom anyway or something like that? Nah, baby, I'm good. I don't need that. So, like, I mean, I might turn it over at some point and give it a look, but I'm just, like... I mean, I'm ready to vote right now. You send me my ballot right now, and I'll put it in. I feel like we should do this in a way. Like, I I, I think this is something they should consider. You guys tell me what you think about this, right? They should do a vote 
like on September 1st, and all they ask you to come in and say is, are you ready to vote right now? And if you're ready to vote right then, they should let you go ahead and vote right then. That's all I'm saying, right? Give us the option. Some of us don't need the rest of this time. And if enough people go ahead and vote right then that we feel like we got an accurate like picture of who it's going to be, then they cut all the rest of this bullshit show. We keep moving. That's how I feel. But no, nah, I mean, you watch it if you want. I don't care. Next question. Could you see yourself doing TV again? Dude, I do TV like three or four times a week. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I be doing TV on the weekend sometimes. Like, what do you mean? Like, could I see myself hosting my own television show? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what do you, like, like, do you think I quit? <laughs> I'm, very, I'm, so, I'm so terribly confused by this. <laughs> could I see myself doing television today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I might see myself doing something maybe on Monday, maybe this weekend. Yeah. How does the lead up to turning 40 feel different versus the lead up to 30? Oh, not really. I mean, when you think about it, base 10, it's kind of arbitrary. Like, I ain't really going through no whole lot of, like, this is my life. What does it come to? Am I where I'm supposed to be? I'm not much of a goal-setting type for any of that stuff, right? I guess the big difference between leading up to 30 and leading up to 40 is I was dead broke leading up to 30. Not anymore. And look, man, that's a big deal. Like, I got a whole lot less to worry about than maybe I could have if a couple things had broke a little bit differently. But nah, man, birthday's going to be next week. You guys notice I don't really necessarily, like, do it all the way up for my birthday. Uh, We might do a podcast or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to try to find something to do with myself. Like, it is kind of noteworthy. I mean, it's 40. Like, it's a thing. Um, like the big do it up, I guess I probably would have done. I just had to pass that off again to 41 because as I just said before, base 10 is some arbitrary shit. You under dick? It's not a big deal. No, 41, 41, a big deal. If I say 41, a big deal. But nah, man, I mean, this has been a particularly interesting year of my life, right? I guess I could say that part. Like, it's, I think it's less about leading up to 40 than if I was going to do anything. It's just looking at what everything has been from last August to now. Like, all of the things that have kind of changed and happened personally and professionally. A professional has been certainly a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but now, nah, man, you know, I'm in better shape at, uh, going into 40 than I was going into 30. You know, for all that stuff I keep telling y'all about before. You know, the yoga, the workout, feeling on my own booty, you know, all of that. Somebody in the chat room just said something interesting, though. Like, 30 was old when I was 20. I will tell you this. 40, and maybe it's just because, I mean, again, I'm a single man with no children and all that stuff. Um, But 40 doesn't feel nearly as old as I, at every turn of life, thought that it would. You know, like, I have older parents. My dad was 43 when I was born. My mom's 37, right? So I'm, like, dead in the middle on this one. I imagine that 40, you know, at a different point would have felt older than it does. Like, I don't feel anything, you know, as much as you, you know, dumbass youngsters like to call anybody old that's over 28. 
Like, I really don't feel old. Like, I know I'm older than a lot of people. Like, there's no question about that. But I do not feel that, like, anywhere near old. Like, it's not even, no, like, some in denial type stuff or, like, midlife crisis. I'm like, no, it just doesn't feel that way. Like, in all likelihood, I've lived more days than I, you know, than I have left. But still don't, it, it don't feel like old. That's just not the way it hits me. All right. I think you got, like, one more question here. Well, I'll answer this one, then get to another one. Do you and Gabe hang out outside of work? Number one, Gabe and I don't live in the same city. Number two, I don't hang out with anybody right now. It's a fucking pandemic, fool. How does it feel to be the first generation to fully grow old with hip-hop? I mean, compared to what? I don't really know what to tell you. Yeah, guys, that's literally the last question on the page. I've done the best I can. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing once a week or so. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you cannot watch the Evening Jones live, you can subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the iTunes store, subscribe to Stitcher Radio, check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. And talk to you guys. Well, we'll see you about next week. Take it easy.